Hi, welcome back to Bookmates Podcast with Jenna and Morgan, where we share our unfiltered thoughts on our favorite spicy romance books. This week is episode three, and we will be discussing Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. If you have listened to our previous episodes, you know that we are obsessed with this book. We love this book. It's our favorite Coho book, I think. For both of us. It is. It's our favorite. And you know, it doesn't get as much hype as her other books. And I don't know why, because this book is absolutely amazing. This book Definitely is so my favorite. Good. It's my favorite too. We love it. So super excited to do a deep dive. We came with receipts today. We have page numbers. We have our note docs ready. Um, this is probably gonna be a long episode because we are just absolutely obsessed with this book. But Before we dive deeper into the book, we wanted to just keep you guys updated with the podcast, what's going on with us. Um, So some podcast news. We are so excited to be having a special guest next week. Um, You guys can probably guess who it's going to be, but... I'm so excited. We are so excited to have this special person on. You have heard us talk about them over and over again. Um, So stay tuned until the end of the podcast so you can hear what book we're going to be reviewing next week and also who our special guest is going to be. But as we mentioned last week, we want to keep you guys updated with us and our lives and, and what's going on in our lives. So Jenna, tell me something good. So I think both of our... Our something goods are the same this week. Yes. We booked our girls trip with our Spice Girls. That is a group chat that we have, um, an ever-changing group chat. But we booked a trip in October and we're going to just relax and read books in a cabin with a hot tub. I'm so excited, Morgan. <laughs> we are so excited. It's in like two and a half months. It's our whole spicy group chat, and we're just going to have a girls weekend, drink wine, probably read books, just have a fun, relaxing weekend. And I haven't met anyone in person, not even Jenna. So it is going to be so much fun to finally meet everyone in person and see everybody face to face. Guys, when we're recording this right now, it's the 17th. Tomorrow's the 18th. It's mine and Morgan's two-month friend anniversary. Like, we have not been friends that long. I know it's, like, weird, but it's true. Like, we just clicked automatically, and we said that initially in the first episode, I think, but it's just, like, crazy. Like, I feel like I've been friends with you forever. (laughs) I do, too. When you said two months, I was like, wow, it has felt so much longer than that. I feel like I've known you for so long. I know it's so crazy so just to like put things into perspective no we haven't met anyone in person I literally this is my other good thing so I guess I'll say this now um my something good I met Mads and Blake last week this past week and it was so great we went out to dinner on Monday and then we were like let's get lunch again so we got lunch on Thursday and it was so good and we just like hung out for hours and just talked and it was great and like You know, like, it's just, like, nice to, like, meet people in person and just, like, feel that connection still and that friendship, even, like, you know, like, I feel like it could be weird sometimes, but it's not weird with any of you. Right. Any of you guys. Like, I just, like, I love you all. I'm so excited for our trip. (laughs) I'm so excited. And I love that for you. Thanks for the Snapchats that you sent when you were hanging out with them. I cannot wait to meet you. green hair. (laughs) Your hair does not look green right now, Jenna. Did you, were you able to fix okay, it? I, 
It's green. It's just in a bun because it's like the blonde parts at the end. Wait, so tell Matt the listeners like... what happened so they know why your hair was green. <laughs> so I went in a pool. Like I was swimming and like I was staying at a house where there was a pool. So I was swimming a lot and I only went in a few times and I was like, my hair is like green. And then <laughs> I was out doing um something with my family and my cousin goes why is your hair green and I was like so it is green it's not just me it's definitely green and then oh, I texted no. Mads because if anyone doesn't know Mads Lace and Lit is a swim coach and she was like a swimmer and so like she um she like she knows a lot about like chlorine and so I was like do you have any products right. for like <laughs> green hair and so she sent me something and that was Wednesday and then on Thursday we went to lunch and she's we're outside after lunch we're just hanging out outside and she's like staring at me and processing she's like wow your hair really is green <laughs> oh no <laughs> so then well, we I can't sent tell. A snap to it's definitely green she sent a snap to um the core four I think it was or mm-hmm. sicko squad we have a lot of groups guys so many we of us. have so many group chats you guys it is a full-time job keeping up with it's, these group chats it's a full-time job because like we have several chats in whatsapp like so not several like tons like so many tons. and then we have like several in snapchat i think and instagram squad, my hair is definitely green though you can kind of like see the green tint like right there you see it's green it's green so what happens does it just fade or do you have to get it recolored I have no idea. I'm just going to huh. roll with it. Whatever. Well, love that for you, Jenna. You're just starting a new trend, the green hair trend. I am. I am. Well, I love that you got to meet them in person and so excited for our girls trip coming up. So as we mentioned last episode and the structure that we're really going to have for every episode is we are going to give you guys a spoiler-free synopsis of the book. So Jenna's going to kind of share a spoiler-free overview. And actually, we pulled this from the back of the book because it really gives you the perfect kind of synopsis. So we're going to just share our overall spoiler-free thoughts, and then we will give you guys a warning before we go into the spoiler section where we do a deep dive. All right. So again, I'm just pulling this right from the back of the book. So for Ugly Love, when Tate Collins meets airline pilot Miles Archer, she knows it isn't love at first sight. They wouldn't even go so far to consider themselves friends. The only thing Tate and Miles have in common is an undeniable mutual attraction. Once their desire is out in the open, they realize that they have the perfect setup. He doesn't want love. She doesn't want she doesn't have time for love. So that just leaves the sex. Their arrangement could be surprisingly seamless, as long as Tate can stick to the only two rules Miles has for her. Never ask about the past, and don't expect a future. They think they can handle it, but realize almost immediately that they can't handle it at all. Hearts get infiltrated, promises get broken, rules get shattered, and love gets ugly. Perfect. Thank you, Jenna. This book is just, ugh, I'll just never get over it. I I will never, never get, get over get this over book. It. No. We just, okay, we just listened to it. We both just 
did you listen to it on audio recently? You did, right? I didn't. Or no. did you read it recently? Mm-mm. I read it recently and then I last night I sat down to do my notes and I basically reread it again. <laughs> yes. And I have probably I reread this book like four to five times. I love it so much. I've read it so many times. Um and we'll get into it in our non or in our spoiler free section, but like there are certain parts that I read more. But mm-hmm. it's like Yeah. So good. So Morgan, what are your spoiler free thoughts? Overall thoughts on this book? Yeah, so this book really holds kind of like a special place in my heart. So I would say Ugly Love and Akatar were the two books that really got me back into reading. Um, this was my first Colleen Hoover book ever. Um, I didn't, when I first read this book, I didn't even know Colleen Hoover was like a big author. I just went on Amazon, like top romance books, and this was on the list. I read the synopsis and I'm like, okay, this sounds like something that I'll like. Um, Went in with no expectations. I had no clue if this book was a happy ever after. And this isn't really a spoiler. Jenna and I really only read happy ever after books. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this book, when I first read it, was a total roller coaster for me. I didn't know how it was going to end. Um, it, you know, I normally don't like books that kind of take you back and have time jumps in the chapters, but I thought that. Colleen did it really well in this book, so I'm excited to talk about that in the spoiler section. But this book just has all of the tropes that I love. Like, I love Brother's Best Friend. I love kind of like that forbidden, taboo type of relationship. Um, I love the instant attraction. I love how even though Miles, like, says you know, we can't be together. He still is like protective over her and we get to see him be jealous. And, um, you kind of get to see the trope of, you know, um, friends with benefits, I guess, or sex with no strings attached, but we all know that there are strings and you kind of get to see that relationship unfold. And, of course, because it's Colleen Hoover, she just has to totally emotionally wreck us. Um, and so <laughs> you find out kind of why Miles is the way he is. And his story is just absolutely heartbreaking. And I really thought that Colleen like fleshed this book out really well because I normally do not like the, oh, I'm not good for you. We can't be together trope. Like I hate that trope. But I felt like Colleen did really great explaining why Miles was like that and why he was kind of pushing Tate away. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I can't be with you. We're not going to be together. End of story. There was a true backstory and trauma and reasons that he was the way he was. So I adore this book. Um, Also, it does have a lot of spice. I would say Colleen Hoover is not the spiciest author. I would say all of her books probably have, you know, spice sprinkled in here and there. I would agree. Yeah. I don't know about you, Jenna, but I would say from what I read, I've read multiple Colleen Hoover books. I would say this is her spiciest. This is definitely the spiciest I've read. Um, This was also, so I guess swinging into me, this is, this was also my first Colleen Hoover book and one of the first books I read after, after Akatar. This is why we're bookmates because we have the same story. Yes. <laughs> but um, it was literally my first Colleen Hoover book and I've told um my book friends before that like I kind of like (laughs) I'm a mood reader and I go in waves and so I read this book and then I went like down a Colleen Hoover like 
rabbit hole and I read so Mm -hmm. many of her books. I haven't read all of them, but I've read a lot of them. And this one is by far my favorite. I think what you said is true. Like um, the way that we're, we're basically reading without spoiling too much, two love stories at the same time, two very different love stories at very different points in time. And like, that's kind of the time jumps that are happening. And it, it tells us over. So it's like almost three stories because you're reading the, the one love story, you're reading the other, and then you're kind of meshing them together to get the full picture. And it's like so beautifully done. And like Colleen Hoover really did like, such a great job of meshing those two stories together and separating those stories. And I have a lot of comments about that when we get into the spoiler Mm -hmm. section, but um, I just love how she did it. And I think she did it so well. And this wouldn't have done so well or made me feel the way it did if it wasn't done the right way. So she did a really good job with just like telling the story and meshing those very different stories together and, giving us a full picture of these two main characters um actually really three but um I love the tropes too I love brother's best friend I've gone down a brother's best friend trope rabbit hole before I love protectiveness I love possessiveness I Mm -hmm. love forced proximity and we get it all and I I I just they're neighbors I mean like (laughs) everything I love is in this book and so um trope wise so I was very excited when I was reading this book and again like this was my first one of my first books after a long period of time of not really reading and like this was me finding what I love and reading again and I love all of these things in this book um and yeah I mean there are just like really good scenes and guys the spice like Morgan said the spice is there and it happens frequently in this book like it is I wrote in one of my notes I was like these scenes are two three pages away from each other this is great yes you (laughs) get a a lot of QFSR it's a true QFSR QFSR. and we talked about that in our last pod but um QFSR quick buck slow romance so um very slow romance but um you get the you get the spice very early on. So yeah. um, if you're looking for a QFSR and if you're looking to know more about QFSR, go to Mads at Lace and Lit's page on Instagram. She just posted about it because this is her, um, this is her genre that she kind of created. So mm-hmm. go to her page, look at her, one of her most recent posts by the time this is posted um, and like, check it out because it's great. Absolutely. So overall thoughts, read this book we love it if you love like spicy angsty romance books definitely read this it is a favorite and I think will always be a top favorite for Jenna and I Morgan what's your star rating five stars same okay (laughs) just felt like you should say that to them five stars for me as well and if I could give it more, I would give it all the stars and all the land. Oh, I 10 out of 5 stars. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. So now that we have discussed our spoiler-free synopsis, we are going to go ahead and head into the spoiler section. So if you have not read, you probably want to hop off now. Or if you like spoilers and you want to listen, um, definitely, you know, stay on to hear what we liked, what we didn't like. Um, and honestly, there's not much that I didn't like. I just no. love this book. We're I think nitpicking. it's more, 
I know we're nitpicking and like there were some parts that I was confused about. So I'm excited to unpack that with Jenna. But Jenna and I, our notes are, we have so many notes because eerily similar. So I feel like this is going to be chaos in the best way possible. (laughs) So Jenna, do you think we should just kind of go back and forth for, you know, what we liked? Yeah. Let's just see how it flows. Um, What was something you liked? So the first thing that I have here is brother's best friend trope. I love that Mm -hmm. trope. Um, I also love that Miles lives across the hall. Like that Mm -hmm. is just a double whammy. That just makes it so much better because he's always there. You know, you could walk out of your apartment and run into him. And it's also like that giddiness that you feel of like, oh, like, am I going to run into him? Is he going to come into the apartment? And I just, I love that. Also, Mm -hmm kind of going off of the brother's best friend trope I love that Corbin is so protective of Tate it so Corbin is Tate's brother and it just makes it so much better because you know when he finds out shit is gonna go down it makes the it makes the um the tension higher and like the spice spicier and you just feel the feels more because you know that he's gonna flip when he finds out (laughs) yeah and it's also like having to sneak around, right? Like there's mm-hmm. something about, about sneaking around that I love. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like the taboo nature of it, but you know, Miles and Tate definitely are hiding it from Corbin and you know, when he finds out like shit is going to hit the fan. I mean, just to echo those thoughts, that was my first bullet as well. Just the tropes brother's best friend. Like I said, forced proximity, you get the Thanksgiving. Oh, we will dive into Thanksgiving. Oh but yeah. You get that sure. scene. Um, I love that I want nobody but you. Like, Miles hasn't had sex for six years. He hasn't been with anyone. He hasn't kissed anyone. And then it's Tate. And I love that. I love nobody but you. It's just you, which should have been an indicator to him that there were going to be feels, but whatever. Um, And the possessiveness and the protectiveness, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to Dylan, that one guy. Yeah, him. fuck Dylan. We hate him. He's on my hate list. He's a dislike. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to tell you off podcast, Jenna, but I just, I hate the name Dylan in general. <laughs> so, <laughs> I cannot wait to hear. Yeah, we, we don't like Dylan at all. <laughs> um, But yeah, so let's talk some scenes that we love. <laughs> yeah. <All of> them. <laughs> yes, all of them, literally all of them. So my second bullet point, and this goes into one of our favorite scenes is I put the instant attraction literally from the time that they first meet, which when they first meet miles is drunk. But even then Tate is talking about like how beautiful he is and how she's Mm -hmm. attracted to him in a weird way. But there is like so many like stolen glances on the elevator or in the car when they're on the way to Thanksgiving, Miles is driving and Tate is in the back seat and they keep looking at each other in the rearview mirror. And um, you just know that they they can feel that attraction and they can feel that tension. And I love that. One of my absolute favorite scenes in this book, and it kind of like takes me back to I think it's Pride and Prejudice where they have like where they touch hands mm-hmm. and he's and like then- he like Yes, Jenna and I are like doing it on the video. You guys can't see it. He but clenches he, his hand yes. and then he like shakes it out and he's like, "Yes, what? it's like oh. those, it's like those little touches that are so hot." And she, so basically, they are going to Thanksgiving with her 
and her brother's family. And Miles, I don't remember why, but like he can't be with his family on Thanksgiving. So he goes with them. So Miles mm-hmm. is driving, Tate is in the back seat, and she has her feet propped up on the console. And he puts his hand on her foot and he brushes his thumb over her foot. I die. I died because like, that's how, you know, like he's attracted her. And even she says in her head, she's like, I think miles is attracted to me. You know, I just, (laughs) I love that. Like there's just something so hot about that. Like the stolen glances, the touches just love it. It's delicious. And it, then it rolls into Thanksgiving and guys, Thanksgiving, the whole part of the book that is all of Thanksgiving is just all great. We start with a dinner where everyone thinks that Miles is gay, mm-hmm. but Miles <laughs> is not gay. And he's like, what? I'm not gay. He's Wait, definitely not start? gay. We find that yeah. out in the book. That That isn't where we start. I think we start with the latter scene, don't we? We or do start with the latter scene. We start, yes. Okay, so. I misspoke, but we do have a Thanksgiving dinner where everyone thinks he's gay and then we find out he's not gay, which we knew. Well, we we knew from the synopsis, but um, but before that, Miles is helping, I think, with some stuff around the house and he's holding a ladder for Corbin and Corbin is on the ladder and he's falling. And so Miles like catches the ladder and slices his hand open. And because of that, we see that he's like bleeding and whatever. And Tate is a nurse. So Tate goes to miles and he, she's like, okay, I'm going to like do my best, but you should really go to the hospital. And he's like, I don't need a hospital. And he, he's like, that'll do. And it's a thread and needle. He's like, just sew it up. I, I cannot tell you how hot it was to see this character. Just be like, Oh, just sew it. It'll be fine. And then when she starts stitching him up, He's like he doesn't flinch. He doesn't make a sound. He doesn't do anything. He's like I-, I can't. He's just like so strong and oh it makes me like fall in love with him that he's just like so up my hand. And I'm like, okay, I'll sew up your hand, sir. Um, but as that scene is happening, they're in the bathroom mm-hmm. and it's just Tate and Miles. And she's like getting her stuff prepared and getting ready to sew up his hand. Again, we're getting these glances, and now they're, like, just full-on, like, they're staring at each other, they're feeling the tension, they're they're touching, and she can't focus, and she needs to be focused because she has to sew up his hand, and uh, Miles um, (laughs) is touching her, and then when she's done sewing him, when she's done sewing it up, she was like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm good. And then they're getting like closer. His hands are on his waist. His hands are on his waist. And they're like, they kiss. And the kiss mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes is a scorcher. Like you, it's building up. Like, I feel like I need to like read part of it. So yeah, I'm going to pull it up. What page was that? It was like right in the beginning. I'm going to pull it up because it was like, it was so good. But yes. um, while you're finding what were that, your thoughts Jenna? on that scene. Yes. So I absolutely love that scene. And I think it goes back to what I was saying. Like, it's just like, 
you know, his, his hands are on her hips and she is, I, I think it's just like the heat of their touch, right? Like there's so mm-hmm. much tension, there's so much heat. And finally, like this attraction has kind of been building for the first couple of chapters. And finally, like they're touching and they're kind of in forced proximity. They're in the bathroom together. Mm-hmm. Nobody's around. And finally, Miles is like, fuck it. Like he can't hold back. And he just kisses her. And it is like, okay. It's so good. Oh, did you find it? I found it. So right now his fingers are gripping her waist. Um, I feel him tilt his face up to look at me, but my eyes are still closed. I squeeze them a little tighter. I don't know why. I don't know anything right now. I just know Miles. And right now I think Miles wants to kiss me. And right now I'm pretty damn sure I want to kiss Miles. Um, Without spoiling too much of it. But I guess this is a spoiler section. His hand slowly trails all the way up my back until he's touching the back of my neck. I feel like his hand has left marks on every single part of me he's touched. His fingers are at the base of my neck and his mouth is no more than half an inch from my jaw. So close. I can't distinguish if his lips are, if it's his lips or his breaths that are feathering my skin. I feel like I'm about to die and there isn't a damn thing in the, that first aid kit that could save me. He tightens his grip on my neck and then he kills me or he kisses me. I love it. I die. That has to be like one of the hottest first kiss scenes I've ever read. It's so good. It's I was so like good. flubbering with my words earlier when I was trying to describe it because like it overwhelms me because like my heart like starts beating and I'm just like, this is so good. It's so good. And every time you read it, it just gets better. It just gets better. So we love that scene. Colleen did an amazing job on writing that, just the tension. I mean, when you're reading it, you can literally feel the heat and the tension. So we absolutely love that scene. Um, And then, of course, they decide later that night that they want to start this relationship with no strings attached. So that kind of leads me to my next bullet point is that this is a total QFSR, quick buck, slow Mm -hmm. romance. And... They decide, okay, look, we want to have sex with each other, but Miles is like, I don't want a relationship. I can't love, you know, I I can't love someone the way that that they need to be loved. So basically, if we're going to do this, it's just going to be sex. And I feel like this trope, it either works or it doesn't. And I love this trope for this book because Mm -hmm. we know that it is going to come with strings and that they're both going to catch feels and you just get to see that kind of unraveled throughout the book. For example, the first time that Tate goes into Miles' apartment, she's like, it's so barren here. Like, it looks like nobody lives here. Like, you don't even have curtains. And so Miles, later on in the book, he picks out curtains and he wants Tate's opinion. And that just shows you, like, this – I feel like that's a turning point, the curtains, because that's when you kind of start to see like this is going beyond just sex. Like when you're picking out curtains for someone and you're involving them in that process, like that's a relationship. And I feel like there are little red flags like that where Miles didn't realize it, but he was falling for Tate and he was taking their relationship to that next level. Those are our green flags. Those are green means go. And he's go, go, going. He, um, yes. when they were in that store together and like, he like hides her behind that, um, uh, partition. And he's just like, I've been thinking about kissing you all day. I like, 
those are the types of things. And then they get the curtains and he's like excited to show her the curtains in his apartment. And like, he knows that that makes her happy because she had noted, like Morgan had said how bare his room was. And he, she was like, how long have you lived here? And I think he says four years. And she's like, there's nothing personal in this room. And he was like, I guess I never had anybody to like make it personal for. He doesn't have guests ever. So it just shows he's making it personal for her, even if he doesn't yes. want to be. Exactly. And another scene that, that goes with this whole, you know, no strings attached notion where you where you are noticing Miles is taking this relationship kind of to the next level is on page 262. So I absolutely love this scene. So Miles, this is like later on in the book. This is definitely in the like last 75% of the book or last 25% Mm -hmm. of the book. Yeah. Um, but basically Miles has been away, um, for work. And did we mention this? Miles is a pilot. And oh yeah, Miles is a pilot. (laughs) He's a pilot with Miles and Corbin are pilots. So that's how they know each other. I think from school they met flight school or pilot school yeah so miles you know he's gone for weeks at a time so he comes back and the first thing that he does is he does not even go into his apartment and put his suitcase in he goes straight to corbin and tate's apartment and i love it because he walks in at this point corbin knows that there's something going on with tate and miles and he says fuck it it okay i'll just read it Fuck it, he says, gliding across the kitchen toward me. He takes my face in his hand and kisses me hard in front of Corbin. So so this is where you know, like, okay, this is going to the next level. Because in front of Corbin, who is the protective brother, Miles is like, fuck it. He, like, grabs her face, kisses her hard. And then he goes on to tell her, she says, why is your luggage out here? Because he, like, drags her out into the hallway. He cannot wait. And Miles pushes open his apartment door. I haven't been home yet. He turns around and grabs his things from the hallway and then holds the door open. You came to my apartment first. So he did not even go into his apartment to drop his bags off. He like the, his only focus was on seeing her. It's so good. Ugh. Like he, they're so in love. They're so in love. They're so in love and it's so good. And like I wrote in my notes, like I love his, like even though he, says that he's not gonna fall for her and whatever I love his like little confessions to her like um I like kissing you Tate or I don't want to be inside you unless I can feel you against me like all these little things that like take it to the next level for me like it's not just like as much as he wants it to just be sex it's not just sex for him he he's falling in love with her like she's it's nobody but her it's the trope like she is the only person that speaks to him and calls to him exactly can I add to that Jenna so I wrote this in my notes it literally goes perfectly with what you're saying is you know we're seeing how much he loves Tate without saying it right Mm -hmm. and so I feel like Colleen shows how hard and fast Miles loves and why he's so hesitant with Tate. So like I said, I am not a fan of the back and forth. Like this happened five years ago. Okay. Now back to the present day. And then, Oh, now back to 10 years ago. Like I don't normally love that, but I thought it was so needed in this book because you see 
through Miles' point of view, how hard and fast he fell for Rachel and how much mm-hmm. he loves. And there is an awesome correlation. So in one of the Miles chapters, he says, I like, like in his head, it's his thought. He says, I like kissing you, Rachel. And then fast forward to him and Tate, they're kissing. And he says, I like kissing you, Tate. Like mm-hmm. it's the correlation. And you start to notice he is feeling the same way, if not stronger for Tate than he did for Rachel. And I think it's just so cool how we get to see that. And also like he won't make eye contact with her during sex. Uh, The eye contact. I was just going to bring that up. He won't make eye contact with her during sex. And he says it's because like he can like feelings can get confused, but he's talking about himself. Like he knows that if he makes eye contact with Tate when he's having sex with her, he knows it'll be more because he feels more, even though he's disregarding it, he's trying to ignore it because he wants to be with her. He doesn't want it to take it to the next step. Like I feel like in Tate's point of view, she thinks like, Oh, this is about her and like how she's going to catch feelings. But really it's about miles and how he will catch feelings. Because like you said, his connection to Rachel was like this quick and this fast when he knew Mm -hmm. they were the right like person. And then it's the same thing with Tate. And let's like backtrack a little bit. So just in case like you're listening, even though you haven't read the book. So in miles point of view, for most of the chapters, we're seeing his relationship with Rachel which Mm -hmm. they're in high school unfold and so like they have all these rules and basically like they're not supposed to fall in love with each other it's a temporary thing and then they break all the rules and they fall in love and then so fast forward to tate's perspective tate's point of view when um, we're seeing her and miles together that's why he has his two rules like he you know um don't ask me about my past and don't expect a future or whatever the rules mm-hmm. were. Um, and this book has a lot of like synergy with like regards to just like his two, his two love stories, miles with Rachel right. and miles with Tate. And like, I really like how Colleen and I wrote this in my notes. I really like how she structures and like how it's actually enacted. Like, visually in the book like you kind of see the difference in the chapters because of how she formats her font so she formats Rachel chapters kind of in the middle of the book it's like centered did you notice that like all of Mm -hmm. those chapters like it's centered so you kind of know you're reading about Rachel and then in the chapters that are in Tate's point of view they're to the left like a normal book would be so mm-hmm. um, I really like how she does that just to kind of like separate it in my mind because sometimes I feel like I get confused when I'm reading, especially MM romances, when I don't know whose point of view we're in if it's not like stated. Right. And so I think this helps me like flip back and forth since there is a lot of jumping between time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just like a lot of like synergy. There's a lot of um, foreshadowing to Tate's relationship with Miles and it's just like very beautifully done. And like I said, like, I think this could go awry very fast and not be a good book, but she does it so well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I just have to say one of my favorite quotes of the whole book, and it absolutely wrecked me, is when Miles says, and this goes back to what we were both saying, Jenna, how like he, it shows how the correlation with the chapters where he's like obsessed with Rachel, right? He's like, I like kissing you. I love Rachel. I'm going to marry Rachel. Like his thoughts are like a little 
bit borderline like obsessive in a way mm-hmm. but you see him starting to feel that same way with Tate and then he finally tells her if I were capable of loving someone it would be you oh that God. quote it wrecks me it wrecks me and then we get to see on page 152 um how in all the Rachel chapters, we get to see how Miles is kind of, not kind of, he's obsessed with Rachel. He is in love he's with obs- her. We he's obsessed. <laughs> I was dying at one of your notes, but yes. continue. But you get to see Tate is kind of obsessed with him too. And I think like that's what happens when you are head over heels in love with someone. But on one page, on page 152, we get a glimpse into Tate's head. And she says, Miles smiles for no one Miles else. smiles. I highlighted yes. it. Miles only smiles for me like the same thought process that he has in his head about Rachel she's having those same thoughts for him and it just I love that because it just shows like they both love so hard and they're perfect they're they're perfect. perfect they are perfect we could just go on and on about our favorite scenes in this book but there's one that I really want to hit Jenna I want to talk about the sex and their first time the first time okay I have a lot to say on this so you go ahead me too okay so the first thing that I noted is that the fact that he hasn't had sex in years I think you said six years and he's finally doing it with Tate like there's something so like sensual and hot about that Mm -hmm. I love that um and so some of the commentary okay Let's remember, he hasn't had sex in, like, six years. And so he's, like, so attracted to her. He, like, takes her clothes off and he's, like, wow, like, you're so beautiful. This is overwhelming. He's giving her all the praise. And then he says, if I'm not inside you in two seconds, this is going to be really embarrassing for me. (laughs) So I just die. And I, to add to that, I love it in books when, um, when characters say something along the lines of don't do that because it'll be over before it's even started and he says that in this scene because he's like you need to like chill because I haven't had sex in six years and Mm -hmm. I'm ready to I love it and then he tells her he's gonna make it up to her he's like I'll make Uh, it up to you and he does does he ever make it (laughs) up to her so after their first time he straight up says I want to taste you Oh, oh, I highlighted that. <laughs> Miles is like he's like he's such sexy a good in the dirty. He's such a good dirty talker. He is. And so then, after he makes it up to her, he says one more time, and then they do it again. And he's just like so starved for her. I noted on page one twenty. Let me go to it because I fucking love this. Okay. Tell me, Jenna, why this is so hot. So read it to me. This is the second time they're doing it within like a 30 minute time span. Okay. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to tell me. Okay. Yes. It says, Tate, he whispers, his lips close to my ear. He pulls out of me and stills himself again. I can already say this with 100% certainty. He thrusts back inside of me. The best thing I've ever felt and he is saying all of this as he's thrusting in and out and it is just the hottest thing I've ever read it's the hottest thing ever it was he's so good in the bedroom and he's so verbal to her he is and I feel like it goes along the lines of um going back to the non-eye contact like 
and how you said like he shows her without his words how much he loves her he shows you with actions like for oh, him yeah. like acts of service is his love language like exactly. he is showing her with his acts of service with what he's doing to show her that he loves her and mm-hmm. he and verbally he does he praises her during sex and like is really into it and like he he gives her he he praises her and he, he oh yeah he gives her a lot he's of loving and he i i and we see in tate's point of view how she reacts to the praise and she's like trying not to like in her head yeah. she's like oh i shouldn't love this so much oh like this mm-hmm. makes me feel um the way i'm not supposed to feel and she said at one point she's embarrassed that she feels that way because she feels really sad when he he rejects her not really rejects right. her but remains like no strings attached and he has her leave after this scene is over and go back to her apartment like bye mm-hmm. and gives her her clothes and she leaves which to her she's like I'm embarrassed and not because he gave me my clothes but because of the way I'm reacting to it like this is supposed to be no strings attached yeah. and I'm falling for him yeah exactly but I mean who wouldn't be who wouldn't feel that way right I mean, after you've had, like, the best sex of your life. But, Jenna, I know that me and you really both love the car scene. So let's talk about it. The car scene. So, well, okay. So it's more than the car scene because the dinner at the restaurant is, like, I wrote in my notes, the foreplay of this scene. So we're at dinner with Miles, Corbin, and then Ian, who is Miles' best friend, who he's known forever. And... Ian knows everything about Miles, so he knows all of his deep, dark secrets. Um, and Tate, right? It's all four of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, we're at dinner, <laughs> and they're talking about how tired they are. Um, Miles and Tate are so tired, and they need to go to sleep because they haven't slept in what feels like nine days. They are using sleep as a code word for sex. In yes. front of her brother and his best friend, they are using this code speech in front of them and flirting with each other in front of them at dinner. And they have no idea. Ian and Corbin, it's right over their heads. They have no idea what's going on. They're like, okay, we're going to go out. Catch you later. And so Tate's like, or um, Miles asks Tate to, if she can, he can get a ride home with her. And she's like, yeah, because I feel like I'm going to fall asleep right now. And again, they're using that word because they want to have sex. Um, and then the car scene, do you want to talk about the car scene? But I love that scene yes. because it really sets the scene for the car in the rain. Ugh. Yes. I love it. So basically they go outside, it starts raining, they make out in the rain, which we love that. That is like the ultimate kiss right like in the rain Mm -hmm. it's so romantic then they get in the car it's still hot and heavy and they can they just cannot wait till they get to the apartment like they are that starved for each other and have missed each other that much that they literally do it in the car and literally soaking wet they're soaking wet. yes yes and they get like butt-ass naked in that car too (laughs) i was thinking to myself Miles is wearing so um Tate came from work so she's wearing scrubs so that's like probably not that hard to like discard but he's wearing jeans wet jeans are impossible to get off your body like I don't know why they did that but I mean all power to them like they were yeah this is where he says that line of Mm -hmm. I don't want to be inside you unless I can feel you against me because she was like just leave it on in case we get caught and he's like no and he 
she takes off their clothes they take off all their clothes so that they can be against each other and they can yeah. feel each other against each other oh I, I noted that too love that scene and I think like in that scene you just get to see how much they need each other you know mm-hmm. like how starved they are for each other after not seeing each other for like a week or however long he was away but as I said, we could just go on and on about what we love. I cannot believe we're already at 43 minutes. Obviously, we just love this book. So let's get into what we disliked or what we wanted more of. Um, really, there's only two things that I wanted to mention. I love this book. Honestly, there, there's not anything that I would say I disliked. But the two things that I have are more like confusion. Like I was a little confused. Yeah, let's talk not, about them. Not confused, but I just want to unpack it. So the first thing that I wanted to unpack was the kitchen table sex scene. Let me pull yes. it up here in my book. So page 184. Okay. okay. So this is where they're not using a condom for the first time. Right. For everyone yes. listening. Yes. So she says, I lower my face and press my cheek against the table. I squeeze my eyes shut. I let him fuck me. So basically, like, this is the first time that they really, like, fuck. And Mm -hmm. he's not wearing a condom. And so we all know, like, when the main character decides to not wear a condom, it's more intimate, right? Like, you trust that person in a a different way. I mean, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. let any random person do that. Um, so basically they have like the best sex ever. And then he like walks away, slams his door and like goes into this like total moody session. I don't even know, but like, I've been thinking a lot about it, Jenna, but like when I first started, I was like, why did he do that? And I guess maybe because in that moment he realized like, oh shit, I'm falling in love with her. Maybe I, I, it's so hard to unpack because I think he has a lot of feelings because so in to backtrack, if anyone's listening that hasn't read the book. So what's happening with Miles? Again, this is a spoiler section. So if you're listening, you don't want to know. <laughs> Click out. But um, Miles and Rachel get pregnant mm-hmm. and they're they're not they don't have like protected sex. They get pregnant and then something happens with the baby and they there's an accident. But I feel like there's a lot of feels about that too. Like, I think like the, I feel like him not using the condom was like such a big step for him mm-hmm. because he's so like, I feel like he hasn't fallen in love and he hasn't pursued another person a, because he was like so in love with Rachel, but also B because he doesn't ever want to be put in a position where he'll lose a kid again and like, right. lose his baby. And, like, that love and what happened there. So, like, I think, like, there's just a lot of layers to it. But I think he's, like, feeling a lot of feels and maybe, like, almost regretful that he didn't use the condom and risked that for a moment. I don't know. Like, right. I think he's, like, I, going through a grief. I love that point of view, Jenna, because I did not think that way at all. Like, I fully thought, like, that in that moment he realized, like, I just let myself be vulnerable with her. Like I'm falling in love. Like, Oh shit, this is turning into something more, but you are so right. Like I've always read it the way that I said it. And yeah, I don't know if you've watched Bridgerton. Have you watched Bridgerton? Not season two, but 
but I have so watched only season, season one. Season one, season one. You know how he pulls out all. What's that character? Yes, I'm so yes. My memory. How he always pulls out because he doesn't want to like get pregnant, but he acts like he's like not fertile. Whatever he says. Not fertile. Whatever. He's not like he can't have babies or something. Yeah. Um. I feel like it's that. Like there's like a fear there. That's mm-hmm. an undertone of why he's feeling the way he feels. Miles is feeling the way he feels. Right. So that's how I read it. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? I think it's probably like he both. realizes like he's falling for her, but then also, like you said, I mean, the fear of having another child and having a relationship that deep with someone again really scares him. So glad that we were able to unpack that. Um, I also wanted to talk about chapter 31 and this, I am still pondering, like I, to this day, I don't understand why this happened (laughs) and I'm trying to find the page number for it, but basically it is when, okay. So Miles will not say he misses her, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my gosh. This part crushes me. This is when shit kind of like hits the fan. So this is when he comes straight to her, kisses her in front of Corbin, and then they Mm -hmm. go into his apartment and he tells her, like, I couldn't wait. I needed to see you. And she's like, oh, so you missed me. And he's like, we don't talk about that. Like, I, I, we don't say we miss each other. So basically at this point, like, they have their first, like, I would say huge fight and yeah. Miles basically breaks down. He cries in front of her. And then they, like, basically fuck on the floor. Like, I don't know what you would call this an emotional fuck, I guess. It's almost but they, like a, yeah, because it's not, It's I feel like it's, like, reminiscent of a hate fuck. But it's not exactly. a Exactly. Yeah, like, it's like, he is so emotional. He's crying. He's distraught. Like, she wants to comfort him. So they're literally having sex, like, on the floor of his apartment. And this stumped me it has stumped me to this day and jenna i will love you if you can give me like an in-depth answers to why in the middle of them having sex he says my god rachel he whispers why did he say that in the middle of having sex with tate why does he say my god rachel he whispers i i don't know it i don't get it it's like in friends when um, Ross says that I lo- or like I do Rachel or whatever. Like I don't know if you've seen Rachel or Friends, but spoiler alert: like Ross gets married and says another person's name. Like why? 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 You're like in this moment. You're in love with Tate at this point. Why do you say Rachel's name? Like, I feel like it must be that he's being put back. Like, again, like, I think this is before he has, like, his revelation that he can't live without Tate and that he wants to be with Tate. Right, right. So, like, I feel like he's being put back. Like, it's a trauma. It's a true trauma what he went through when he lost his baby and, like, he lost the love of his life, Rachel, through this Mm -hmm. whole accident. And I feel like he, and he kind of, like, talks we we see that when he goes back and sees Rachel later on mm-hmm. in the right book. Um, yeah but like this is a true trauma that he went through and I think he's like it's almost like he's putting being put back into those feelings that he yes. loves so much 
right he loved Rachel so much and that was like the best moments of his life that he said that but it like crushed my soul in half oh it crushed me I was broken when that happened the only way that I can make it make sense is so this happens in chapter 33 when he says my god Rachel while literally in the middle of having sex with Tate but chapter 32 it happens in 33 so chapter 32 is the chapter where you get to see what happens with Mm -hmm. Clayton and with Rachel and where they lose the baby. Then right after 32, we go right to 33. And as Mm -hmm. they're having sex, she says, when he's all the way inside me, he exhales, releasing some of his pain, taking his mind away from whatever horror he just went through. Give me your pain, Miles. So the only way I can make it make sense is that he, like you said, he's reliving the accident and what mm-hmm. happened. And so when he's like, my God, Rachel, like that's his pain. Like he's like saying, I'm sorry, or reliving that. I don't think it's in a sexual way, right? Like where he's thinking of yeah. Rachel. No, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's, I think it's, he's reliving those moments and like the love and the loss. Yeah. But right. I don't think it's sexual in nature, no. Okay, yeah. and remind me, because I did do, like, a quick skim through. In this chapter, is this the day, like, a year later, where he... Because don't we see him again a year later on the day that the accident happened? You know how we meet him in the beginning of the book, and it's the, that mm-hmm. one day where... It's, yeah. Is this that day again? That's why he's... That's why that happened, if that's the case. Yeah. I don't know if it is, Jenna. It might be. I don't know. I think, I feel like, okay, and I, again, I didn't get to read through the whole book again. I skimmed, I read most of it because I was like, I was invested in reading it again. Mm -hmm. But like, I thought we saw that day again a year later. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I think we do too. Or he, because at the beginning of chapter 33, She's like, I don't have to know Miles. Like, he's feeling those feels, I feel like, right. about what's happening. It's at yeah. least in the forefront of his brain today versus yeah. not always. Right. So I think that's also why, too, like, Rachel's on his mind because he's thinking about it. And she's like, you don't mm-hmm. have to tell me. And then. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we talked about that and unpacked that because that is something that it's just uh it's always been on my mind since i've read it and that makes me feel better i do think he was just releasing his pain and kind of reliving the trauma um but really those are the only two things um that i like i don't even dislike but i guess would just wanted to kind of you want clarification deep dive into yeah clarification yeah. and of course they get engaged and they get married and have a baby and and so happy but was there anything else Jenna that you wanted to say about like dislikes or wanted more of okay so again mine isn't a dislike but like I've said this to Morgan before and like I feel very strongly I want Miles' point of view in present time. Like, I almost wish that the Rachel stuff, like, I feel like the Rachel stuff is so important to the story, but I almost wish it was, like, a novella that you could, like, tandem read with the mm-hmm. book. Like, right. I wish I had. I want so desperately Miles' perspective of Tate in the present because, like, the little glimpses we get of that is, like, so good. And But I'm, like guys I'm like a sucker for a dual point of view like I love yeah. dual point of views and like this is a dual point of view but it's so different because again it's two love stories we're watching right yeah and, and we do get we're watching we yeah. do get a taste of it at the very end you do get a taste of yeah 
uh, Miles' point of view towards Tate, and it's great. Also, in case you did not know, if you have read this book, Colleen also has a bonus scene, and I think it's on her website, and it's amazing. I don't want to spoil it, but it is truly amazing, and it is spicy, so if you have not uh, read the bonus scene, definitely do it. I think it's on Colleen's website. It's so good. Um, the other, the only other comment I have, and again, it's not a dislike. It's more just like, a re- I just recognized it. Um, the writing, Colleen, like legit changes her writing for the Miles chapters and mm-hmm. the Tate chapters. Like yeah. his train of thought is so different than the Miles we read about in Tate's perspective. And again, he is younger. He's six years younger in. He's, he's a teenager in um, his perspective chapters for the most part. But, like, it's so different. <laughs> and Morgan <laughs> did know, and I noted it too, and I have, like, a note that's like, ha, 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 because we both noticed how much r- the word Rachel is said. Mm-hmm. And in Miles' point of view, that it could be, like, a drinking game. But, like, that literally is, like, the point, though. Like, we do hear – I feel like we hear Miles a lot in – the word miles a lot in Tane's point of view but mm-hmm. when miles is saying rachel it seems like she like writes him younger i don't know how to explain it like she does such a good job of right like, making his character so different yeah in his point of view yeah like you get younger. to see you get like, to young see someone love. who is experiencing their first love exactly yes. yeah. like you said borderline obsessive but she did yeah. like I just noticed that like the tone of reading is very, the the tone of the book is very different in the different perspectives and again it's not a right. dislike it's just like something I noticed but yeah. yeah I mean mainly my main gripe is that I just want Miles' point of view in the present and I wish that was like a novella because I need it <laughs> yeah me too we just we love Miles we are obsessed with him and just seeing how obsessed he was with Rachel getting to see more of that towards Tate Mm-hmm. That would be great. So, Colleen, if you're listening, we would and love also, that. I just wanted to say, um, before we transition into um, our next book and our special guest, let's talk about our names that we have for our screen names right now. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> okay. when we log on to the podcast, we can put a different name in, like, each episode. And we normally do. We relate them to the book. So, mine says, I love Cap. I just oh, love tell me, him. Tell us about Cap. <laughs> So Cap, he works, I guess, not. he doesn't really work at the hotel. He just does it because he enjoys um, basically being the flight captain. So he calls himself the flight captain because he presses the buttons that sends people up and down the <laughs> elevator of the, not the hotel, the condo or apartment complex they live in, but he needs I'm to be protected at him. all costs. I, I love him. And you get to find out at the end of the book, and you don't know this in the beginning, he is kind of like counseling Miles and Tate through this relationship. Fair, and then at the he's end, like tandem coaching them. Yes. And then at the end, you find out like, oh my gosh. And he's an old guy. Like he's, he's older. Like, you know, he's retired. Like this is just something that he does for fun. And uh, I just love him. He brings so much joy to this story. 
I'm obsessed with him. And I wrote that in my notes for things that I love. I love him so much. Um, and then my name is Orange Juice is not my favorite drink now. <laughs> I, to this day, since I've read this book, I cannot drink orange juice without thinking of Tate and Miles. Same. Because, like, remember when he bought, like, the condoms and he had, like, mm-hmm. the orange juice in there? And she was like, he was like, what do you want? And she said orange juice. And he pulls out a bottle of orange juice. Like, I die. And I then he talks the about, like tasting the orange juice on her yes it's so hot i love it and he's like i hope my your next kiss tastes like orange juice and he brings the orange juice into the room and he winks at her for the first time that they have Mm -hmm. sex i i like i die i i can't look at orange juice the same in the best way i can't i just figured we should talk about those things because they were both um (laughs) fun little nuggets if you i know we need to we need to do this each episode talk about our names and why why we, we put That's... our name is that <laughs> i love Although it for, th- for the last pot i do remember the second re- time we recorded it i put mine as idiot <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we recorded the last episode twice we literally spent an hour recording and, and it was late it yeah it was late we were delusional so hopefully you guys like that episode But we are really excited to share with you guys what our next book is going to be and who our special guest is going to be. So we are going to be reviewing Without You by Marley Valentine. It is an MM, emotional wreckage, kind of forbidden, very spicy book. So we're excited. And drumroll, Jenna, who's our special guest? Mads! Lace and Lit, everyone, is coming on the podcast. We are so excited. We're so excited. We can't talk about our first MN, like, spicy, spicy book without Mads. No. Like, she has to be on the podcast. And she loves this book. Yeah. And she just got, um, if you follow her, she just got a special edition from Marley Valentine herself. Mm -hmm. She won, like, her little... um, book giveaway and so she just got the special edition of it and she was so excited yeah we're so excited to have her on and get ready guys you're gonna be crying laughing because mads is hilarious if you don't listen to akatar podcast you guys are really doing yourselves a disservice because they are all great but mads is gonna like you're gonna die and if you're listening to us and you really haven't listened to mads oh you are in for a treat you're in for a treat. You're going to love her. And even if you don't read Akatar, you could totally listen to their podcast. They literally go chapter by chapter. So you will get the funniest rundown of the book. Like, it's amazing. It's, it's um, just great. It's great. So we're really excited to have Mads on. Um, we also want to keep you guys updated on what we are currently reading. Um, I am currently reading... So I have an audiobook going and I have a physical book. So my physical mm-hmm. book is Emery by Cora Rose. Um, our whole spicy group right now is reading it. It is the Unexpected series. Um, so it goes Wit, Sam, and Emery. And then after Emery, there's going to be a fourth book. But you guys, this series is amazing. It's M.M. Um, all the books have different tropes. They're very, very spicy. We have all like bought the paperbacks we're all reading it we have a group chat like we're freaking out blowing it up like we love these books so definitely add that to your tbr um i am also listening on audio to unwanted by marley valentine it's a new series so this is going to be book one um one of the narrators his name is jacob morgan he's one of my favorite narrators of all time 
He's so great. He also does him with Teddy Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying um, this book. I'm only like halfway through, but um, it's definitely like an emotional wreckage type of book, but I'm loving it. Um, and the next up, I'm hoping this week, once I finish Emery and Unwanted, I'm going to get to The Jock and the Quarterback by Tal Bauer. So Shan, if you are listening, I am <laughs> finally going to read The Jock and the Quarterback. I am so excited for you to read these books. I know that you're like hesitant about them. You're going to love them so much. I'm excited. Hopefully I'll be finished with them by next week's pod and then I can give my review on them. But I'm so really excited excited. to read them. Shan has read these books before and then she's been trying to convince Mads to read them. Mads finally read them. I read them kind of with Mads. They were Mm -hmm. so good. They were so good. So I can't wait. It sounds right up my alley. It, they're they're so good. There's there it's a MM sports romance um duet almost. See, I don't know if it's gonna end up being more books, but right now there's only two. I cannot wait. What are you reading, Jenna? So this week I was on vacation, so I just wanted to give a little rundown, kind of, of what I read this past week. So I read Disciplinary Action. I listened to it. So I good. Read Devilry. So good. All these books were great. I listened to Adam Only by Roe Horvitz. And then I read the first of the Unexpected series, which is Wit, which is what um, Morgan was just talking about. Wit was so good. Oh, my God. And I know what's coming a little bit because, like, first of all, we got a little bit of a tease in Wit about book two. And then Morgan did a little deep dive into what book three, Emery, what she's reading now, would be about. And guys, book three is calling my name for so many reasons. So I am so excited to get to book three, which is Emery. So this, so currently I'm reading, I'm putting Sem and Emery as like a current read together because I'm reading them both like back to back, like they yeah. will be read together. Um, so currently Sam and Emery by Cora Rose, which is again, the unexpected series. Um, and their books two and three on deck. I think I'm reading Roman with Shan because that's the book club book for Matt's mm-hmm. at least in Lit's book club. Um, check out her page. If you want to join a really awesome book club, her and sky's library do a book club where like they each pick a book. Um, and it kind of is nice because it appear, it, it appeases to all people. And, um, there's always two options versus just one book for a book club. So it's really nice. Check it out. It's linked in her profile. Um, and then, so I'm reading that because I need to do that for her book club. And then I FaceTime Mads this morning and I was like, have you heard of this book? It's called Escaping the Merman, the Merman by That sounds Aramis. like a Mads book. I, I know that's why I was like, I was like, have you read this book um, by Aramis Jordan? Because someone was telling me it was um, someone with my name, my spelling, but it's pronounced Gina um, was telling me, let me find her handle so I can at least like give her credit. Um, Her name is, oh, I'm on bookmates. Hold on. I have to switch to Breathless Books. Her name is Gina's Bookish Reviews, but it's spelled G-E-N-A bookish reviews and she was telling me about this book and how it was so good and I so I immediately downloaded it and so I FaceTimed Mads this morning and I was like have you heard of this book and she was like dude I just downloaded this book today and I was like no way so we might read that book together as well so that's yeah. what's on deck for Tell me. Tell me how it um, is that sounds Roman, good I'm all about mermans. 
Uh, we will tell you. You know we will. Roman by Gray Bryan, and then Escaping the Merman by Aramis Jordan. So those are kind of my on decks. I don't have an audio picked out. I need to like figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds great. I do have Roman on my list. I have I have a, my little bookish planner here. July 25th, <laughs> I'm going to start Roman, and then I'll have it ready for our book club. But I know lots of I'm really great planner. books on deck. Oh, I'm you ordered a planner, planner so I finally? Order. I did. That space one, remember? That kind of like Galaxy Oh, yeah, one? yeah. Um, so for all of you listening, we ordered like bookish planners because we have so many book clubs and podcasts <laughs> and TBR. So um, we, we got to keep it all on schedule. It's but overwhelming. Before we wrap up the podcast, we, of course, we want to leave you guys with a social media reminder. Um Actually, I did not even ask you, Jenna, was there anything else before we go into our social media reminders? Um, I don't think so. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm reading Roman. I'm buddy reading with Shan. So I wanted to check her out. Love her. Awesome. We love you, Shan. Um, So social media reminder, follow us on Bookmates Pod. Um, It's not podcast. It's at Bookmates Pod. And then, of course, Jenna and I, we have our own personal bookstas. Jenna's is at Breathless Books. Mine is at Turning the Pages. Um, and then also, if you go to our Bookmates Pod Insta bio, we have linked both of our pages. Also, shameless plug, I have an ugly love reel on my bookstab page. Your at reel is so good. <laughs> it is probably my favorite reel that I've made. So I like to make these aesthetic reels where you get kind of like an un a spoiler free glimpse into the book through like pictures and aesthetic. And my ugly love one is probably my favorite one. So I'm going to share um, it right now. Oh yeah. So Jenna's going to share it cause she's just the best. Um, but definitely go to my page. If you read it or haven't read it, you could watch the aesthetic reel, but Jenna, anything else before we wrap up the episode? No, I'm so excited for next week. Without you, it's going to be great. You're going to love Mads. I'm just so excited. <laughs> we are so excited to have Mads on. Mads, if you're listening, we cannot wait. Um, so definitely tune in next week. Message us. We want to talk to you guys about Ugly Love and just hear all of your thoughts about the book. But until next week, we will talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.